Danny, it's true. You said it right before we got on the podcast, but truly Marvel has us just handcuffed down to take all of our money. All of it. Even even when the movies add no contribution to to the general direction of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it doesn't matter. They we have to go see it. Even if we know it's gonna be a filler movie. Yeah. You know? And you've already seen Ant Man versus Wasp. Is that correct? It's, it's yes, of Ant Man versus Wasp. And boy do they throw down. Um no, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I'm not trying to imply to you that it's a movie you don't have to see for the overall storyline, but that is kind of what I'm saying. Like, it, it is, it is. I enjoyed it as much as you can possibly enjoy a a movie with not a lot of contribution to the overall MCU storyline. <laughs> but yeah. it was, it was, it was entertaining. Yeah, because my, my favorite part is that like they, they had nothing to do with Avengers. They were just out there, almost Deadpool-esque, because they were newer. I did not even see Ant, Ant-Man at all. So will I miss out when I go see the Versus movie in this epic showdown? It's it's uh, <laughs> First of all, I actually think the original Ant-Man, uh, the first one, was a real thrill. Not, not on the level of Guardians of the Galaxy thrill, where it was just... It was lighthearted, entertaining. Guardians, the Guardians are, you know, hilarious. Uh, the chemistry is real, right? Not like the struggle is real. The chemistry is real. Whenever you have Chris Pratt on the on the uh, screen, um, and it also, I think, it has proven to play more and more of kind of a crucial role as you know Earth and the Avengers we knew originally start to expand themselves into space and take on epic warlords like Thanos. And so the Guardians are really important. And it was just such a great, fun film. Ant-Man was really fun as well. It wasn't of the same level of contributing, you know, to the overall direction of of what Marvel is doing with this particular generation of superheroes. Um, This one attempted to do that. You will not be lost because you haven't seen the first one, they'll certainly be like every hero movie where they just, they throw out a one liner about something that happened. And it's supposed to summarize for all the people that never saw that movie, everything that happened. Right. Got so it. there, there is a little bit of that, you know, like, do you ever see uh do you ever see thank you for smoking? Yeah, I did. Actually. I have seen that. It's a great, a great yeah. movie. Right. And, mm-hmm. and there's a great line where they're like, well, he's like, well, how, how are they going to smoke in space? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, Oh, we just, we fixed that with one, a one Hollywood line where we say like, thanks God, we, you know, invented the, the, the air defibrillator or whatever. Right. And that's yeah. it, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> so cut it. There's some of that. I like that because, you know, my man, Paul Rudd, I'm a huge fan. I mean, yeah, big fan. I just, we just got done watching all 10 seasons of friends again. This would be the second time we'll re we'll that's play. Right. I, for, I forgot that he became such a critical part of friends with the, with the Phoebster toward the end. He did. And like, I, I honestly, you get to that last season, you're like a whole bunch of craziness is happening. It's just, what is happening? And then, and then it's like, of course, just like freaking Ross. Just every uh, if you walk around our house, it is me just and Heather just really cursing out freaking Ross the entire time that this thing is on. It's just so upsetting. But anyways, I digress. I digress. So I really wanted to talk to you, not because about Ant Man versus Wasp, because I'm I'm planning on seeing the big versus showdown this weekend. So I think I will maybe just stream Ant Man because it's got to be like free free to DVD by now. I have to assume. Um, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about the Thanos did nothing wrong subreddit. Do you know about this? Do you un- do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No. How is that? How is that even a thing? Although knowing that it's from Reddit, that doesn't surprise me that they would, you know, not necessarily be putting their thumbs down to a 
to a you know universal war criminal. So, but who knows? You know, I'm al- I'm always looking to be surprised by by a good positive Reddit thread. So, spoiler alert for anyone that has not seen uh, or even know about the plot of Avengers, Thanos. His entire thing is that he wants to wipe out half the population to do basically a reset, right? It was like, it'll just fix overpopulation and blah, blah, blah. And there was a subreddit that's called Thanos did nothing wrong, where people have joined in that try to essentially say that, hey, Thanos did nothing wrong. And they try to justify that Thanos did nothing wrong. Justify genocide, basically. Yes. So this sounds crazy. But this subreddit. Just today, as of recording, July 11th, they came together as a single subreddit community and said, we are going to ban half of our users that are in this subreddit. <laughs> oh, my God. That is awesome. Uh, if there, is, it, is it random banning? Because that's where I call BS, right? I bet they're banning all the people that disagree with them that Thanos did nothing wrong. Yes. Or is it random banning? Like, okay, like I'll buy it if one of the mods of the Reddit gets banned because Reddit, Reddit, Reddit mods have so much power mm-hmm. that generally goes so unchecked. I can, I can say this across the very few Reddit threads that I follow closely from chess, CrossFit, uh, a couple others. I, I just recognize that like, they pretty much just say what comes and goes in their thread. Yeah, and yeah. there's really, and if you try to reach out to Reddit directly, there is no reach out. So there is no like, Hey, that seems a little biased. So I don't you know. I don't know if Reddit like is just a huge fan of Marvel movies as well, but they got Reddit to collaborate on this and the Reddit engineering team put an entire like sprint effort into making it so they could live stream this on Twitch, on the Reddit Twitch of them banning over 300,000 users randomly that will never be able to come back to this subreddit Reddit, ever. Like they that did it. That is insane. It's crazy. Where, where, where did it happen? Is there a clip of it happening? So uh, I'll put a link. I, I, I linked to the link to you at least to the Polygon um, article that was written up and it's on there. I don't know if they have it up on the replay because it just happened literally a few hours ago. And, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time for them to, to post it again. But uh, both uh, so. Reddit, Marvel Studios, and Marvel retweeted about the ban, right? So they blasted this out to millions, and 40,000 people tuned in live on Twitch to participate in the event. Like, it's crazy. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. And, wow. and here, what happens next is that, so <laughs> what happens next is that these users that were banned are now all moving everything over into another subreddit called In the Soul Stone, which is where they believe a place <laughs> where people that were banned or yeah, like people well, that obviously were, you've yeah. seen that, right? You've mm-hmm. seen the you've seen the end of Marvel's and Avengers Infinity War, right? Yep. Which is where the rumor is where they all exist because the the feeling is that however they choose to undo Thanos's, you know, work of randomly you know, randomly just eliminating half of the universe's, uh, you know, he, he would call them resource suckers, right? Mm-hmm. Just sort of removing people. Uh, he, apparently they could all come back if they're able to like kind of get a hold of his soul and time stone together and kind of undo the shenanigans. Yeah. So I, that's, I'm, I'm wondering like what's going to happen next on 
this subreddit like is is this going to happen or are they going to try to figure out some way to reverse it? Cause all the posts are still there because if you think about what happened in Avengers, like just cause people were gone, doesn't mean that any of their history was erased. It was just their current existence. Right. So it's kind of bananas to me. And I just thought it was the most craziest thing happening on the internet this week, which is not that it's, it's absolutely much. crazy. Yeah. Is that, can I even get to this Reddit thread anymore? So I can't seem to get to it. I well, that's that's a good question. So I don't know if more people can join the Reddit to get to Thanos did nothing wrong or not. Um, I need to go a little bit more. Thanos, Thanos. Yeah, they're did. saying it's 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 one of the longest comment chains on the history of the site. Yeah, I, uh, I could imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's there, so you can go to yeah slash r slash Thanos did nothing wrong. And there you go. It's all right there. It's all there. And and apparently when they announced it, so this one had uh, this subreddit, like had about 200,000 people in it. And then when they announced that they were doing this, it jumped up to nearly like uh, 700,000 people in a week. So it just like changed. I didn't join. I mean, I do have a Reddit account. I don't use Reddit very often. Yep. But uh, I didn't log in. I didn't join. But it's very interesting because you can now read all of this um, and you can see the aftermath of this. And they call it the snap. It's just so. amazing. Wow. Well, I mean, OK, like my personal frustrations at times with Reddit aside, it is pretty funny. And I do agree that one of the best parts of the Internet can be these sort of, you know, as they call it, the giant cheesy goops, right? Bring a bunch of people together and do something silly. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, they're not banned from Reddit. They're just banned from that particular subreddit. Correct. And yeah, correct. Uh, which is that's a hilarious thing to start the uh, the Soulstone thing. But it shows you the, you know, so the, it shows you like the philosophical, like, you know, like debate that goes on. And I will say in watching Avengers Infinity War, like Josh Rowland, the Thanos character, and obviously his his plight and his mission is, you know, not something I agree with. Like I said, I mean, ultimately I think like, you, you know, he putting himself in a position to play God and randomly just end the lives of all these half people. When you could argue, maybe there's other ways to, uh, to find, to find ways for like the universe to kind of make, make it through tough times or lack of resources, but okay. Like his, he's, he's really good at convincing you that what he's doing is the right thing, you know? Um, and his character is super good. Yeah. And, and there's like just the, there's just some incredibly heartbreaking scenes in regards to what he's willing to do to do it, you know how far he's willing to go. So that's interesting, crazy stuff. I didn't know that. And now you, the more you know, Danny. Yeah. So there you go. There's the, the there's you your know. Marvel Marvel amazingness for the week. That's what we bring to you on Blunders, the official. I love it. It's unofficial Marvel podcast of uh, unof- coffee. Unofficial randomly Marvel podcast at time. Yeah. That's We're also supposed to be an unofficial, you know, tech, unofficial coffee, unofficial chess podcast. We're very unofficial in general. We are very unofficial. In fact, somebody asked me, they go, you know, oh, you have so many podcasts, James. You know, it's like I was, it's like I'm really interested in, in your, you know, your, your chess one, but I don't, I don't really like coffee all that much. And I go, well, I mean, I, uh, I don't necessarily think that we talk about chess or tech or, or coffee like on a given day I go, it's more of a life podcast so when people when people ask me to describe coffee house blunders i go imagine if like you're two like you and your best friend sat down and 
you started talking, right? So this is how I describe the podcast. You started talking. You haven't seen each other for a few years. So the first, you know, hour, half an hour, 60, 70, 80 minutes are really talking about some some work stuff, some passion stuff. Like, oh, you're like you, know, you were a you know, chess champion. And like, I was doing this thing and tell like, oh, this is how my life is going. And then you start to essentially trickle into the extremities of who you are as a human being, as you start to describe and have conversations with them. So you start talking about your children. You start talking about trying to buy a house. You start talking about riding a bicycle and, and, you know, uh, drinking Soylent and, and all these little, like these things that are just things that now you're doing. And then now what happens is you're caught up with each other. So now it's like this catch up of life and events, but then you're still constantly learning. I say, I think it's the most interesting part of why I continue to love to do this podcast, no matter when we can find time in our schedule, whether it's 15 minutes or 20, 30, 40 minutes is because I'm always learning something new about one of my best friends in the world. Yeah. And I feel the same way. That's kind of why we started the whole thing. And I think like any sort of, well, I think most content, whether it's, you know, a video, a show, a podcast or an article, there's obviously a topic right? Usually there's a goal or a premise that you're, that we're kind of coming from. And I think initially we talked about, Hey, like, Hey, we want to get a, we want to start doing a podcast together. What could we talk about? And we're like, well, I'm like, well, you, you know, a lot of awesome stuff about tech. And I'm kind of like that guy who, you know, is going to ask dumb questions, but is on the fringe of tech knows just enough to get it wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, same with chess, right? I know a lot about chess and you know just enough about chess to mispronounce the world champion's name, hashtag Carl Magnuson, you know? And uh, and both of us love coffee, even though I, again, I'm confessing more and more as we go on. So I'm, you know, obviously I've, I'm, I'm loving everything about coffee if and when I consume it. And I'm still getting my Blue Bottle subscription, but I have really been trying to actually not just roll out of bed and have coffee lately. Mm -hmm. I have been... I've been on the path of rolling out of bed. Sometimes if I have the ability to kind of sit down and meditate, I actually, I really have been doing that, like trying to not start my day with looking at my phone or looking at my email threads or looking at, or, you know, I have to get coffee in my veins. I find I do better when I have my coffee at like 9 30, 10 after I've had breakfast and sort of just like sat there for a minute. Um, yeah. And I think I enjoy it more too. Like I started to get in this habit where I like I was getting coffee right when I woke up, and I don't think, I don't think it sets sets up my my adrenaline, my anxiety properly for the rest of the day. So that's my coffee share. Yeah, and to each his own, right? I'm not judging the guy that gets out of bed and like, hey, the first thing you do is put that water on the stove and you know get that December dripper ready. Um, but I'm I'm really trying to like not do that. Yeah, I used to be the same. I used to literally get up every day, do you know, make my coffee, do the thing, whatever. Now, I mean, now I have this more routine now that I'm leaving the house. So I have more of a ritual of making the coffee in the morning, but then not drinking the coffee because it's in my Zojirushi, if you will, nice and piping hot. But what's interesting about that entire conversation, the two things that somehow you loop together is that these are things that we're learning about each other and learning about coffee and we're evolving. But I really enjoy when our listeners write in or challenge me in chess and then write in uh, and beat me yeah. because Bobby, our good friend Bobby, Taporov, yeah. always beats me all the time. And I had to share this <laughs> because it was literally very pertinent to what you just said. So Bobby and I are playing this game where he's about to crush me because his 
So his queen is on h6. I have pawns on h7, g6. Have you shared the share, share share the link with me? I won't give any advice, I, but just share. I, I can share you the game. You, just grab the URL. Oh, yeah. you know, I always forget that that feature. So, by the way, I feel like we've literally had. I feel like we've literally had this conversation three times mid podcast, and our yeah. our users can probably back that up. Where you've been like, I can share the game, and I'm like, dude, just grab the URL, and you're like, oh, here you go. <laughs> there, there and there is a share button too, so I should be. He's about to destroy me. It's not even. It's not even silly. I already know what about to happen. But Bobby, can you see the chat? No, you can see the game. So Bobby I can says, see the game, yeah. he says, I have to say thank you to you and Danny. He said, though, while I'm not a coffee drinker, I mainly listen to the podcast for the chess and tech talk. He goes, my wife is the coffee drinker. See, everyone, there's got to be a coffee drinker in the house. He said that her birthday is this week. So this is like uh, last week, maybe when we started this game. And she expressed a desire to get better coffee setup because she has a Keurig. And that's sad for everyone. I added that yeah. context to that. It's sad yeah. for everyone. He said, right. so based on our coffee talk, he was able to pull together a December coffee dripper, a Barazza grinder, and a fellow Stag EKG. All highly recommended products. What a great day for her. Shout out to uh, Zach. That's his real name, Bobby. Bobby Tell uh, Telparov, which I think is an awesome way to put two chess names. He thinks of Bobby Fisher and then Telparov, which, okay, that's not actually a famous grandmaster's name, but sounds close enough. Yeah. So Bobby Telparov is a... Uh, yeah, you know, it's so funny. You started describing that chess position and what you were doing is what, like, so this is a funny part of being a, whatever, a chess chess master, chess professional, whatever. I, there, There's, most of the time I try to avoid it. Like I've, I've said many times when I get asked what I do on a plane or in a random like local community setting, I, I very carefully think of what I'm going to say. Do I want to engage in 20 minutes of explaining how you become a chess professional? And then how in the world does that ever pivot into managing the largest chess company ever, right? On Online, right? Like, mm -hmm. like I don't even want to, chess is an actual thing that people would pay to learn chess, right? So, so most of the time, like legit, most of the time I say, no, nah, I work online, I manage a website. And my wife just looks at me and she kind of knows that's my signal. Like, honey, I don't want to talk to this person about chess. Mm. And in the beginning days when I used to do that, she used to like always say, honey, don't say that. Tell them the truth. Like you, you run an amazing chess website and you're a chess player. And like, but now she doesn't. And what I was getting to is the way you were describing the chess position without me seeing the board is what like sounds like what my mom used to do when she tells people like, yeah, my son's a chess master. He could beat you in, in two moves. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that, mom. What I can say is I will always win against them because chess is much more of a science than people realize. It's not like poker, but I can't say that I'm just going to beat someone in two moves or even seven moves, right? It takes, yeah. you know, you know, because what makes a really great chess player usually is that they actually play a principled approach no matter what they're playing. So sometimes it might, yeah, you might win in 10 moves against somebody. Sometimes it might be 50 moves, but you're pretty much going to win every time if you're playing, you know, if you're playing a chess master, you're going to lose because they're just better than you. Right. And it's a yeah. game of very black and white, like facts of control the center, you know, do this with your pieces and the people that do that better will always win. So I just, I had to say that because you start describing a chess position. I'm like, like my, my brother does that. He goes, Danny. So I had this end game and so his knight, right. His knight was on the edge. Right. And then there was like a bishop, right? And it was cutting across that diagonal, right? But I, so what I did was I put the rook, you know how you do it. You put the rook there, right? Like on the second rank. And then obviously like his pawns fell and then, okay, I was going to mate him. And I, right. So obviously I lost you like the moment I started talking, right? You mm -hmm. blacked out. 
That's it. And people think that just because I play chess, like I, if you start saying the queen's on h6 and his bishop's there, like I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like, you know, anyway. I, I just imagine that you know everything all the time. And I could just be like, Danny, so I, I did a, a Russian upside down cake french norwegian opening uh, and then you'd be yeah. like oh wow just like what well, what a great opening uh, and i'm thinking how did he counter with the uh belgium sicilian uh you know um cross maneuver <laughs> cross maneuver crossfit maneuver <laughs> crossfit maneuver the belgium sicilian crossfit opening that's what i should do i could invent a crossfit cool. chess opening you should are there new yeah. chess openings that occur in the world or are they all just named now there are going to be now Oh, snap. I'm going to hit Eric. <laughs> Eric, let's make this happen. Eric's going to be the most I'm excited person. So, yeah. So, I'm going to be losing to that. I did play my move, and I'm pretty sure I'm doing great. That is for yeah, sure. No, um, so, this position is a tough one for you. Yeah. Um, I see where I went wrong. I see where I went wrong, by t- the way. Tell me so. where you think you went wrong as I scroll through your game. Oh, yeah. I mean, share this with the listeners. All they need, All the listeners need to do is... If you enjoy our podcast, you know, while you're driving or on a, on a mobile device, don't distract yourself with chess. Please be safe. But if and when you enjoy our podcast from the web, go ahead and just click the link in the show notes and open up the uh, the position. So I think that I and it is in the show notes already. I think that I was doing probably just fine for a bit. Just at a like Rui Lopez, you know, opening and. Uh, I mean, I really think most in the last few moves, I did not catch what he was on. So he kind of set me up on one of these bait and switch. I call this all the time of me not examining the entire board. I become too laser focused in on a certain section. So Bobby has wiggled his knight. He's ridden his horse all up into my business. He's all up in there. He's like, I'm here and I'm proud. And I <laughs> am going to take your queen. So naturally, what I do is I say, I'll just take out. Like, I'm, I'm so focused on the bottom left here. I'm going to go ahead and take out your poor little um, your poor little knight. But what I didn't realize here is that he has this big, nice queen getting ready to move down. Lady, lady friend. She, he has a lady friend. That is backed by another friend, uh, a uh, a bishop, that will allow me to not do anything. So really, what my right move there should have been is to probably actually take that knight either with my king or to just move my queen out of the way just completely. One of the two would have been way better than what I did. Um, so you did you did great. Um, with that, with that breakdown, I'm gonna. So you're not able to take the knight on f7 with the king on move 19 because his bishop on a2 oh. is guarding it, right? That would yeah, be that's, shot, that's right? why I did that. That's a good point. Yeah. So, and so actually, once that knight actually landed on f7, taking it with the rook was pretty much your best choice because oh. the threat, the threat of queen h6 coming in, is not really possible to stop at this point with your queen on d8 being under attack. So um, I actually so I'm actually going to say that I thought when you were talking about the laser focus, I was agreeing with you until until I saw the area you were talking about. I think when you go back to this move 15, when you played bishop to c6, 
And that's a good move, by the way. It hits the A pawn on A4. It opens up your rook along the B file. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, your pieces on the queen side are coordinated. I think that was the right idea. But from there, you had to be a little more patient before you executed it. If you go ahead to move 18, as long as you don't play bishop takes A4 and take his pawn, your position is okay. And in fact, one one simple move to play instead of going really aggressive with the with the bishop taking a4 would have been move 18 knight to b3 where you actually fork town you're forking his queen on d2 and his rook on a1 so he would have to give up his light square bishop for your knight and then you would take with your rook and you're actually feeling really really great because now that mm-hmm. knight on h6 is actually kind of he's kind of there pointless in fact if if you take away the ability for that knight on h6 to take f7 how's he getting out of there he can't go back to not. G4 because yeah. your knight on F6 guards it. So mm-hmm. this whole plan by Bobby, who I know is listening in, was a bit dubious. Bobby, I'm going to call you out here, Zach. <laughs> I think you were being a little bit too aggressive because you knew you were playing our boy our boy Motsi here. But if Black plays knight B3 and forks the queen and rook, wins that light squared bishop, which is such a key attacker cutting across the board from A2 to G8, your position is actually better, James. I like your position. The mm-hmm. biggest mistake was you took this pawn on A4 neglect you know you were focused on that pawn because that was the plan you started back on move 15 with bishop c6 yeah and so you were neglecting his attacking chances i think if you were aware of just how dangerous that bishop was on a2 and made efforts okay even if you don't play knight b3 you could also move your bishop from c6 back to e8 um instead of uh taking but any move that makes an effort to defend f7 and and stop that threat leaves you in a pretty good position honestly so so you're gonna be you're gonna be in some trouble now, but don't resign. Play it out. Do your best, and um, and uh, we'll maybe we'll check in on on your bat. We'll call them battles with Bobby. Like it's time for a monthly edition of battles with Bobby. <laughs> yeah, we can go back in history and see all of the great losses. I don't think I've ever resigned either. I like to play it out. I like to go play. I, mean, I really like to make them work for it by having a three day, so that way every three days they got to check it. Because Bobby, see, he's already made his move. And I and because I, I made another move, I move I moved down. He's already made his other move because Bobby's always online. So, uh, but now Bobby's got to wait because I'm podcasting. So sorry, Bobby. Ooh, he actually. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say anything because saying things would be unfair to Bobby. But he played a move that I believe you have a response to, and that's all I'm going to say. I believe so um, too. I believe so, so too. So right now you're podcasting. Focus on me. Focus yes, on focusing. Me focusing. Focus on me, but you know we'll get back to Bobby here in a minute. So, how's uh, how's life otherwise? You haven't started reading the Dream Teams book because we didn't text and agree about it. We did not know. I was about to leave this morning, and I was gonna grab it, and then I said, "I'm thinking tomorrow. I think like just tomorrow, get my mind right." I had a long day today, and the next two days, I'm kind of back to my normal schedule. So I'm like, I'm pretty happy about it. But yeah, everything else is going good. It's it's finally getting beautiful here in Seattle. Like the sun came out. It's like 70s is great. 70s, 80s, you know, just beautiful. Fourth of July was a thing that happened last week. I saw some fireworks that happened. Yeah. What's Arizona popping like like a bajillion degrees? Yeah, it's about 100 north of hell. And uh, I think that's what the um, the uh, thermostat says. So it's hot. But my my favorite is that in in. Seattle, that when it gets 78, 79 degrees, 
everybody freaks out. Like all the all the fans, like all the fans are sold out. You can't find an air conditioner unit because you know people buy like the little portable air conditioner. Like they're all sold out across every Home Depot. Um, you know, Bad Bath Beyond, they don't got those. But every fan, like last year, I went to go get a Dyson. I think we talked about this. I went to like eight thousand different Best Buys, and by eight thousand, I mean two. But I had to go to like all these Best Buys. I couldn't find a fan for the entirety of it. But as soon as it hits. 78 see i was like oh, i just can't i can't handle this heat just oh it's so hot it it's too much well last week when i was on the east coast for uh for john's wedding you know i was experiencing the other kind of heat the you know the sweaty kind the mm-hmm. kind where even when you get out of the shower you still feel like you're sweaty oh, and worst. um that can be you know to me i guess especially as i've grown accustomed to feeling uh you know, crisp and I can keep my, my body in my room at a normal temperature inside of a house. I guess, you know, I, I kind of prefer the, the dry heat. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. but, uh, okay. Everyone says like, if it's 117, it doesn't matter if it's dry, but it actually does. If you, if you've lived in both and, um, being in, uh, at Penn, at Penn state reminded me of when I was younger, I, I feel like I spent so many of my summers on the East coast because I always played the world open, uh, which was in Philadelphia every year, would play uh, in New York often at the Marshall Chess Club and and bounce around a series of of sort of east northeast tournaments and um, I I like the dry heat so again it is hot and I feel it the most when when uh, I have to get out of the house and you have to get into a car like getting in a car is not fun in Arizona like ever like I don't maybe some people out there like enjoy getting into their car and they're like every part of my body is burning like that's not me (laughs) no so um the um but you know when I was like walking around Penn State like the moment I step outside I feel like I'm sweating and I'm like I don't know I just don't like that feeling so um I would take I would take the 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 but okay like the sun gets really really harsh at times like the sun can be real mean in Arizona so I don't know let's Let's just say to each his own, and um, I am happy that you're enjoying some nice weather there. The, the monsoons have started hitting here. You Ooh. know, there was like this epic storm that ripped across the valley, um, I think a couple of days ago from when we're recording this on Wednesday, I think it was Monday, like half of Mesa lost power oh. and uh, for a while, like they were all without AC. Like it was insane for a long, long time. APS and SRP had to work double time to kind of get things back on, but the monsoons are a real thing. You know, like that scene in Jumanji where like all of a sudden the monsoon hits and like, it's just like an instant flood. Yeah. Like Arizona is like that because the desert doesn't have the ground that designed to kind of soak the water in, you know, and there's Mm -hmm. no, there's no place for it to go. So, you know, there are flash floods and monsoon storms are a real thing. And uh, we've had a couple of those this week. So I like it. I, I love that. I remember the first year I moved there. This was 2005, the summer, the the year of the year way back when of 2005. We call, we call that the year of Nash. That's the year Nash was born. So oh, was it? it was, the year of Nash. The year of Nash. Uh, yeah. And it was also the first year that I was in Arizona. Coincidence? I think not. Your connection. Explains yep. your connection. I get it. I get now. We It's all making sense. It's all coming uh, together. That summer was an interesting summer because I had just moved to Arizona in mm, June, July, July, I guess, getting ready for school in August. 
And it was definitely, it's a great time to move to Arizona in the summer because you're like, I'm going to go all in on the heat and just fully understand what these people are talking about. And then it rained for two weeks straight, like during, like we, you couldn't leave the house without it just, just pouring. It's just pouring. the monsoons. The monsoons. I think it's actually raining outside right now, by the way. So. And I was like, it's not supposed to rain here. It's supposed to be dry. It's supposed to be hot. I don't understand. And I've never experienced something like that in Seattle ever because it doesn't really rain here all that much. I mean, it does rain, but I just remember, and it was like a warm rain. And I remember like going outside and I was like, well, it's so great. But then actually the rain is like really gross because it's all dusty and and like not okay. So I learned my lesson very quick uh, over a decade ago, 13 years ago. Wow. Now I'll and know it dries how really fast. Yeah, yeah it dries fast. I'll know how long I'll hold Nash is now based on this year of Nash. So this is good information to have. Yeah, no, the yeah. year, the year of Nash, the born year in, of uh, Nash. born in 05, the uh, the oldest, the oldest one of the uh, of the the spawn of Danny Wrench. So you know the the offspring, the evil, the offspring. whatever you want to call it. No, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Talia told me uh, whatever. I'll have it if I ever want to today. What did she say? <laughs> she's on a non-dairy diet. We've decided like maybe she's not handling dairy well. Mm-hmm. She gets good, like kind of gassy and cranky and stuff. Same. So she said, <laughs> she goes, <said, laughs> I want, she says, I want yogurt. I said, you can't have yogurt. It's dairy. She goes, whatever, you know, tell me that I have it if I ever want. Oh yeah. And I look at Sean and like we're literally like, did I did she did a two-year-old just tell me whatever? Like her her vocabulary is seriously insane. It's it's because of the three older kids, but she says things that you're just like, so that's her thing. She points at you with her pinky and says, You never ever tell me that. Yeah. You never Don't ever. you never ever tell me that. Don't you never ever. Yeah. Did you try to have you tried to got get her uh dairy free yogurt, like a ripple? Ripple is a good yeah, brand. Yeah. We've had Ripple. Um, we've had this other brand of coconut, um, coconut, uh, coconut, coconut, coconut uh, yogurt, vanilla flavored coconut, and um, she likes it. We, we throw some fruit in it and whatever. And what's funny is she gets mad and she does that, but she's actually super conscious for a two year old. Like she was gonna have, she asked for cheese, and then she goes, "Oh no, I know have dairy." And she, she knows it because we've told her like no cheese, no ice cream, but then we have these other things. And so she's, she's pretty conscious of, uh, of her issue and that her parents are making up just to torture her. You know, we're insane, insane, natural medicine, diet, be healthy parents, you know, those, those kooks. So, yeah. Yeah. In fact, you know, I learn a lot. So we have a lot of other podcasts on, on soundbite and the V spot, uh, uh, Danny and Kat, they are lovely individuals. It is an explicit show. They they do swear on occasion, and uh, unlike us, but they're great. I've learned so much about. I'm not vegan, right? And and they're kind of like the vegan. They're vegans that aren't those vegans that they don't yell at you because you're not vegan. You know what I mean? Because there's there's some right. people that are maybe not even vegan, just maybe like meat eaters that yell at you because you don't eat meat. But sometimes vegans get that bad rap. But I've learned so much about the dairy industry and. Um, Hville and I are also essentially non-dairy cheese is the hardest part because non-dairy yeah. cheese just isn't good. And I've tried, no, you, you just have to give it up. 
can't do it. I've done the yogurt and yogurt's good, like uh, cashew yogurt or the coconut, coconut. Uh, coconut. My big thing is I, I hate butter. I don't like butter. And I got some recommendations from our listeners that um, I should use coconut oil on yeah. popcorn. Have you done this? Co- yeah. Coconut oil is, uh, first of all, I can't agree with you about butter. I, I love butter. I hate so butter. butter. Butter no. goes on everything. Gross. Almost as much as many things as bacon, bacon and butter, turkey, hashtag, bacon. you know, it'll just say it on my gravestone, bacon and butter. Um, the, uh, and that's what killed him, boom, bacon, and butter. And that's what killed him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, but cocoa, coconut butter, I can definitely, uh, also give the thumbs up to. And as far as that cheese thing goes, I can, and I'm sure they say this a lot because, uh, I bet I know, I bet I know that this V, the V spot, is that what it's called? I bet they yeah. also talk about thug kitchen a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Kitchen, I got so the I, book. Yeah, I, I I've got both books. I bought Josh both books because he was trying to go vegan for a while, um, and uh, so talk about explicit, right? Those guys are <laughs> yeah. hilarious, right? And just to, I won't curse, I promise. But it's just one of those things where imagine adding unnecessary f bombs, s bombs, but. It's like how Luke and I would talk whenever we would make breakfast for each other. Like after CrossFit, we'd go and be like, yeah, man, we're about to make some mother, whatever, right? You just start like, mm-hmm. you just add unnecessary explicitives in front of everything you're doing. And, uh, but avocado, avocado is the key to replacing cheese, really. Like it, mm. I was, I was non-dairy for a while and I was, um, ended up deciding I, I feel okay on dairy. And, you know, I've gone the, I've gone the non-corn route, but if you throw avocado in a burrito, um, avocado in your rice bowls. If you have avocado on your sandwiches, it just adds that that creamy texture that you're looking for when you don't have the cheese, you know, to add that richness. So I, I'm a huge supporter of avocado can replace can replace cheese if you really have to. Yeah. In fact, I I kind of want an avocado. And in fact, we were at we were at Costco because we went to Costco again last weekend because we had to go to Costco again. And they have frozen avocado chunks. And I was so intrigued. I was like, what do you do with frozen avocado chunks? Like, do you well, clearly to, you suck on them? Or do you just suck on the frozen avocado? <laughs> like when you're like, oh man, I need to eat some cheese. And you're like, no, nah, let me just, no, let me just, let me just pop suck one on of these. this avocado. That, and that's now we have the uh, podcast title right there. Suck on this avocado. <laughs> suck on this avocado. Uh, it's either that or, or, or uh, bacon and butter killed me. So the bacon and butter. Bacon and butter killed me. Yeah. Well, uh, no, it's, uh, well, it, that's, that's interesting. I actually don't know what the frozen avocado would be for, but I can only imagine it's like a baby treat partly. Could be. Yeah. Um, If any of our listeners know, I would love if you could dial us in, um, on the telephone, just let us know on the, the chess game, but yeah. All right. Um, well that's, I think that's our podcast this week. You know, how do you feel about that? I feel real good um, about our podcast. I usually do feel good afterwards, no matter what, because because of our time together. And uh, you know, uh, next week will be fun. I'm going to be out of town next week, but I'm not going to tell you yet where I'm going. Um, but uh, I will be recording remotely. Um, should be a should be a blasty McBlasterson. Um, but uh, anyway, love you, buddy. I love you too. All right, thanks for everyone for listening. Till next week.